Welcome to Sci Section. My name is Yumna Jaffrey, and I am the journalist for the Sci Section radio show broadcasted on CFMU 93.3 FM radio station. We are here today with Dr. Abid Hidayat. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today. No problem. You're very welcome. Okay, so we can start off by just a general question Who are you? My name is Dr. Abid Haideyat, and I am the owner of The Smile Team. Um, you can find more information on thesmileteamtoronto.ca, and I own a general practice uh, dental clinic in Scarborough. Okay, and uh, where did you get your education from, your undergrad, uh, maybe your master? I, I went to McMaster. Um, for a four-year undergrad in life sciences, majoring in biology and psychology. And then I went to University of Toronto for four years uh, for dentistry. All right, and did you always want to be a dentist? Um, I started looking into dentistry in my second year of undergrad as a potential option. I knew that I wanted a job in healthcare, but I didn't know what part of healthcare I wanted to be a part of. So. In second year, I was trying to decide between medicine and dentistry or being an optometrist. And I decided on dentistry after I started volunteering um, with a dentist in Hamilton. Okay, and that's so great to hear. I know a lot of other undergrad students have the same kind of questions and concerns. Um, just kind of in general, I'm sure being at your position today um, as the owner of the SMILE team did not happen easily. So could you tell us about some of the challenges you may have faced while applying to dental schools or during your undergrad? Well, I went from high school with a really high average um, and I got into Mac on a scholarship. I maintained that scholarship throughout my four years of undergrad at Mac. Um, it was definitely very, very challenging. I remember in first year, I took a computer sciences course and I didn't do so well in that, which affected my first year GPA. Um, and then I tried to kind of like navigate what courses I wanted, what I was good at, but of course that takes time. Um, I think combine that with the social aspect of figuring out your friends, figuring out your own life personally, kind of like has consequences on your academic achievements, right? So one of the challenges initially was also kind of like keeping good friends and company around you or people that you can study with. Um, it's also challenging when it's a new environment, you go from high school, which is very kind of like protected to undergrad where nobody really um, is watching over you. You know, it's a much bigger space with thousands and thousands of students and you're kind of like on your own, the workload increases dramatically and you need to learn how to study better, how to study, um, in a way that works for you. For some people, notes work. For some people, repetition works. Some people like to go to lectures. Other people just like to study on their own. So those were some of the things that I needed to kind of like figure out in the first year or so. Um, as far as uh, challenges past that, like I had to write the DAT. So I had to study and write the exams. But after I narrowed down to just dental school, in second year, I only applied to dental school. I did not apply to any medical school. So I would say one piece of advice I have for people applying is it is a lot more work if you're applying to different specialties. I think 
uh, at some point you have to decide what is it that you really see yourself doing and then narrow it to that and then and then just go for that you know um keeping options open is fine but i think it would increase your workload a lot because different programs will have different requirements for eligibility uh for their admissions so yeah yeah so generally just kind of narrowing your focus down maybe to a specific like field and then being able to work you know 100 percent and give 100 percent of your effort that yes, field, is that correct? exactly. And then finding people that are maybe your seniors to ask for kind of like guidance and see what is it that you might be missing or what courses they, they took that helped them out with the DAT or to increase their GPA and, uh, and kind of like navigating those requirements for specific dental schools, even within dental schools, whether you're applying in Ontario or across Canada would have different requirements. So I think it's it's important to narrow down the field. Okay, and this also kind of ties into our next question. Um, you know, what kind of advice do you have for students who are listening to the show and who may be interested in pursuing this kind of career path? Um, I think you've already kind of mentioned a few things, but is there anything else maybe in specific that you would like to um, I think you really have to work very, very hard uh, towards your goals. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that it's gonna come easy and uh, it's not going to come easy. And I think you have to be okay with failures um, and you have to be okay with the amount of time that it would take for you to get there. Some people will get in right after undergrad. Some people will get in right after third year. Some people will need to do a master's degree. Some people may even have to do a PhD before they get in. But I think my advice would be if there's something that you truly want to pursue, uh, you have to work hard, but you also have to be realistic. I think like if you know that it is almost impossible for you to get a really high GPA, then you have to look at programs that are easier than dentistry or medicine uh, for it to get in. Um, you know, those programs are extremely competitive and you have to be okay with working hard and also sacrificing. You may not make certain weddings. You may not be able to uh, do other things that you have wanted to do, especially in undergraduate. Uh, and I think, I think you have to like think that this is not the end of the world just because you cannot have as much fun in undergrad doesn't mean you cannot do the same thing when you're in medical school or dental school. So I think having realistic expectations, working hard, being okay with like sacrificing your time and uh, sometimes even your youth and certain relationships uh, to focus on what you need to get done. I think you have to be extremely goal oriented and focused. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that answer. I especially noticed the point about the fact that everyone's success is not linear, right? It, it's very respective to kind of what they're experiencing in their own personal lives. And that you exactly. shouldn't technically, you know, look at other people's experience as like a, as a marker towards yep. what you should be achieving, right? Yeah, and you will see even in undergrad, some people will have to study quite little and still do quite well. Mm -hmm. And other people have to study a qu quite a lot to get those grades. Um, but in the end, I really think, you know, I always say nothing beats a good work ethic. So I think you have to develop a very good work ethic because you're going to need it in dental school. You're going to need it when you are practicing dentistry. You're going to need it 
in life generally. So I would say develop a good work ethic and a good attitude about things. And you have to be okay with, uh, you know, with uh, making mistakes. Yeah, for sure. And kind of moving on uh, to a broader perspective, what do you think our scientific community needs the most right now, especially in regards to maybe the field that you're in currently? Hmm. I think specifically talking about Canada, we definitely need companies that produce sundries and technology within Canada. I think we depend a lot, uh, uh, you know, looking at other countries like the US and Europe and so forth for importing goods into Canada. And I think COVID really put a damper on those things. And that's when we truly realized how kind of like far behind Canada is as a country in terms of production. Um, and I think that's something that we need to work on. I think we have a lot of really smart people, but it's extremely challenging uh, for international graduates and for foreigners to set up their shops in Canada, whether it is being uh, accepted into dentistry or whether it is uh, setting up, uh, you know, shops or whether it is uh, setting up businesses uh, specifically in, in dentistry. So I think, I think the scientific community has to work hard along with the, uh, with the politicians to kind of like come up with plans that regulate um, these things, you know? So we have access uh, to local uh, products, you know? So something like COVID happens again, we are not so far behind and we're not really, uh, you know, there's not a huge lack of gowns and gloves and sundries and day-to-day -day things that, that you need in, in like a medical facility or a dental facility. Yeah, uh, hopefully something like COVID-19 doesn't happen again, but you are absolutely correct that we need to be able to plan for these things in advance uh, for the betterness, you know, of Canadian citizens. And our final question, what is the biggest misconception that people have in terms of keeping their oral hygiene or teeth in tip-top shape? Hmm. I think... Well, one of the misconceptions that I often hear amongst people that are uh, newly immigrated to Canada is that when they do their scaling appointments, which is essentially cleaning appointments, uh, is going to cause damage to your teeth, you know, and they're okay with missing many hygiene appointments. And I think that is a huge misnomer. I think we have to kind of like get rid of this perspective uh, that uh, that would happen. I think people need to realize that regular recare appointments are extremely important. I always tell my patients that uh, finding things when they are in early stages of disease is a lot easier, is a lot better, is a lot more conservative for your teeth and its uh, treatments are a lot more non-invasive. And that's where people make the mistakes. A lot of people think uh, that A, hygiene appointments are not that important and B, if they do not have any symptoms that they're okay when a lot of things can be happening inside your mouth with absolutely no symptoms you know i see it every single day that people have massive cavities or infections that are stagnant but uh, but very obvious that needs to be treated and we can only pick those up if a if a patient is responsible for the regular recare appointments you know and how would you say would be the best way of kind of informing the public about this? 
I think we like I think from a governmental point of view or from an educational point of view, we need health policies that uh, that advertise dentists and in the light uh, of like you know part and parcel of like medicine. Just like you need regular physicals or regular blood work, you need regular dental care. Just like you need regular checkups for your eyes. Uh, you need regular checkups for your teeth and inside your mouth, you know. Your diseases can range from having cysts and tumors to oral cancer, cavities, infections, all sorts of things, you know, tonsil stones, salivary stones. So there's a lot of disease that can happen in the mouth. And I think we need to advertise better. I think we need to educate students earlier on. Um, and I think overall that would limit the amount of emergencies that uh, hospitals see that are solely dental related, you know, because people just don't have access to dental care the way uh, they should. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. In order to kind of have the public as a whole kind of be aware of this issue, it should definitely mm -hmm. be implemented into our, you know, our education from an early age. Um, exactly. And we have Five more minutes left. So if you want, I can also add this in. Did you have mm -hmm. any like specific courses that maybe you took during your undergrad that really stood out to you or that you really enjoyed? Well, I went to McMaster. So some of the courses that I really enjoyed um, were abnormal psychology. Uh, another course that I really enjoyed was called critical thinking. Um, I also enjoyed courses like geography and music and English, those were like my elective courses. Um, but, you know, uh, I think each, you may not use all of the knowledge that's imparted to you in, in those courses, but you will find that little small pieces of information come very useful later on. Um, so yeah, those were the, I think Abnormal Psych uh, was, was a great course because it, it taught you a lot about different DSM disorders and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and depression and anxiety specifically and how it relates to your day-to-day -day, uh, life of patients and so forth, you know? All right. And I believe that's all for our interview today. So thank you so much. And you are very welcome. And that's it for this week of Section. So make sure that you check out uh, our podcast available on global platforms for our latest interviews.